Hey everybody and welcome to a new year here on This Week in Marvel. My name is Ben Morse and this is the official Marvel.com podcast for everything, for comics, for movies, for games, for friends coming together to have adventures and accomplish goals. Uh, as We're I... just like the Hardy Boys. <laughs> and that unfamiliar voice is uh, my guest host for this week. I already introduced myself. I'm Ben Morse. I'm the senior editor of Marvel.com, but I got with me the host of Marvel's The Watcher 2015 mm-hmm. new season starting soon Lorraine Sink hi it's me I'm Lorraine Sink this is my voice now you know who I am yep long time listeners of the show will know that Lorraine's been on before as my uh, guest co-host I was gonna say <laughs> as someone else <laughs> as someone else no but you're back and we also have Alex here I'm gonna give you a big in- in- intern Alex the intern yeah I wish I had a big introduction yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's a big enough deal that it's a second year and you're still here, whereas most of our interns go a semester. You're just kind of flying true. under the radar. He's yeah. an intern lifer. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of like walking around, dodging the, per- the people that like kept me here, <laughs> just trying to go under the radar and not. Wait, are you imprisoned? Like, yeah. He's no, not imprisoned. No. He oh. just chooses to be yeah. I choose to oh. be here. Remember, Thank goodness. it's his choice. Oh, right. <laughs> this is all his choice. Anyways. No, they just keep me in this little room. <laughs> Whatever. I'm happy Alex is still here. I he's, am too. He's awesome. But Lorraine, huh. before we get into the nitty gritty of this podcast, where we'll cover all the comics on sale this week, we'll talk to you guys about news, we'll answer all your questions. Uh, we got some big, exciting, bold changes coming to the Watcher in this new year. That's you wanna, true. Yeah. Do you want to talk about them a little bit? I sure bit? do. In, in 2015, we're revamping the show, we're switching around format, and we're doing a bunch of cool things. And uh, I'm actually, we have a new episode going up on the 14th, uh, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And check that out on YouTube.com slash Marvel. And we are asking you guys, like, what you guys want to see in 2015 and what you want to see from Marvel, from us, you know, from behind the scenes. So I'm definitely there and I'm definitely listening. And you can also tweet at me, at Lorraine Sink, and tell me things you want to see on The Watcher. Uh, yeah, so it's, it should be bold and new and exciting. And that's as much right. as I'm going to tease because... Right. That's it. Got to leave them wanting more. That's what they say. That's like what Alex does with the ladies. Always. Not weird. <laughs> Not, Not weird, weird at all. all. No, I'm trying to make, what I'm trying to be like, I'm like, hey, we have a female co-host, but that doesn't mean we have to change because people Wait, are people. Is this, well, that's accurate. Right? People are people. Isn't that also a quote a from Muppets Take Manhattan? Maybe. Peoples is peoples, I peoples believe is, is pe- how they say peoples it. Peoples is peoples. But. Uh, um, I don't know. The, the guy in the diner says it. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. So, anyways, as you guys know, this is uh, <laughs> this is your Muppets podcast. <laughs> Listen, we had twenty one. After we only had two books come out last week for the new year, we decided to make up for that by shipping twenty one new books this week. Take that. So we have a lot to talk about and limited amount of time to do it. Not really. We can talk as long as we want. Infinite um, time. Yeah. Actually, I want to before we start thank everybody who listens. Um, in general, but because we got our numbers for last month, I don't know if you saw them. Yeah, you did. Talking with you guys. I'm week. not going to say them on the air, but they're <laughs> yeah, they're pretty they're pretty wild. So thank you everybody who's Aww. been listening, who's been growing our fan base. Of course, listen also to our sister podcast, Women in Marvel, which is every Friday. I'm on that sometimes. You're on that sometimes. I'm a sometimeser. Um, and this week in Marvel's Agents of Shield, which I guess is our little brother podcast, which is on mm. Wednesdays. Uh, all of that. And keep downloading This Week in Marvel Now, which I haven't posted since the summer, but still thousands of people listened to it last month. So, 
<laughs> Keep on going strong with that one. And please rate us, review us on iTunes. It helps us out. Let's get to this week's books, starting with all-new X-Factor number 19, written by Peter David, art by Carmine DiGian Domenico. Uh, first of all, on the recap page, very important, Peter's daughter Caroline is celebrating her 12th birthday. Oh, happy so, birthday. Happy birthday, Caroline. We have the whole team in action here. They are helping out Harrison Snow, their CEO, his partner's dead daughter, has been kidnapped and turned into the monstrous Amit the Soul Eater. So they're trying to fight this monster to get her to let go of the daughter. Um, probably my favorite bit here is at the beginning, this, this godlike creature asks X-Factor to bow, and they all do because they want to buy some time, but Sunfire will not do it because Sassy. he is too proud. Uh, so they end up in a big fight, beautifully drawn by Carmine D.G. and Domenico, great one-liners by Peter David, great use of everyone's powers, Danger ends up getting the spotlight here, both in terms of her abilities and also kind of a rift she's causing within the team. This book is winding down. Uh, it's got a few more issues left. I'm really interested to see where all these characters land, and especially the mystery that launches on the last page with what Harrison Snow is really up to. Over in Amazing Spider-Man number 12, it is part four of Spider-Verse, written by Dan Slott, art by Giuseppe Cameron Coley. You got something to say, Alex? Nope. I feel like you have something to say. <laughs> you got, like, you're allowed to talk. I wanted to read this so bad yesterday, and then you stole it from my hand. Well, technically, <laughs> I didn't steal it. Lorraine took technically, it. Technically, I took it yeah. via Ben's hands, yeah. because Ben took it from yeah. you for me. I'm not yeah. going to blame her, though. Wow. Savvy. <laughs> you know who has the stroke around here. Giuseppe uh, <laughs> Camicoli takes over on art in this issue. Beautiful cover, by the way. I yeah. love this cover. It's, it's beautiful all the way through. It's yeah. awesome. It's The cover is Quapel. It's uh, the inheritors with all the spider heads on their wall like they are animal trophies. Yes. Um, but once we get into the nitty-gritty of it, the inheritors are still fighting all the spiders. It's pretty cool. Uh, they have taken out Captain Universe Spider-Man, which leads our Spider-Man, along with Spider-Gwen and Spider-Girl and some of the others, to bring in some reinforcements, including possibly the best the reinforcement best. ever. I don't uh, want to spoil it. Um, I'm just going to say, if you like Ultraman oh, yeah, yeah. or any sort of old school s Japanese stuff, you might you might like it. This is, Dan Slott told me last week that this was happening, and he is asking us to, we're working on it, hopefully for later this week, we're going to repost episodes of a certain live action TV series on marvel.com if you haven't figured it out no. by now you probably won't get it yeah sorry <laughs> um but this cameo is worth the price i have to say a while back i was talking to dan slot about this and he was literally jumping so up excited. and down he loves this character so much i'm not just talking about spider-man but this specific spider-man but he was naming all of the spider-mans mm -hmm. that he was pitching saying can i use this can i use this can i use this and this is the one he's most excited about yeah. you guys are gonna freak it's awesome there's check-ins for what else is going on across Spider-Verse with Miles Morales recruiting some crazy spider characters. Spider-Man 2099, which we'll talk more about later. Spider-Woman is in the lair of the Inheritors. I, I just love the fact that, you know, they've really taken all the tie-ins and they're unfolding this event perfectly. So if you're not reading the tie-ins, you get the little check-ins in Amazing Spider-Man. You know everything that's going on, but it should direct you to these great other Stories. It's a very carefully spun web. Oh my god. I'm sorry, I That's couldn't help myself. Here. Yay! Um, <laughs> Spider Woman finds something very important for Peter, and then we end with second shocking last page of the week. Um, a big reveal on who the spider totem is in the new kind of sanctuary area that the spiders have found, and it's someone 
we have not seen before. And Silk gets some cool stuff to do here, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, we yeah. got more to talk about with Silk later this week as well. Awesome. Next up, we have Angela, Asgard's assassin by Kieran Gillen and Marguerite Bennett, with art by Phil Jimenez and Stephanie Hans. Uh, so it picks up with Angela and the wee babe, and then it kind of flashes back. And we see that Freya has not gone through menopause, you guys. No. She is, in fact, with child. Yeah. Uh, and That's we, what I was wondering about Freya's menopause. I was too, you know. I was know. like, oh God, I hope Angela <laughs> delves into this. This is what this book needs to cover. But it makes so much sense for Freya in the right. hot flashes. No, um, right. oh God. no, sorry. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a woman on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, this is actually a really interesting issue because I think for the first time we're really delving into Angela's character as yes. a person. There's some really funny moments and some really dark moments where you really explore what her moral core is because she's an angel of heaven, but mm-hmm. angels of heaven aren't what you think they are. Yeah. They have their own sort of code. Because heaven's spelled differently. Yeah, that's no right. A. No A. No. And that, that A possessed a lot of morality, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> that's where it all went. But my favorite part of this whole issue is that uh, Angela does eventually make it to heaven mm-hmm. and basically applies her morality to everything, including when a small child kicks a ball at her yep. and the yeah. child wants the ball back. So she's like... It's a great lesson. Don't, don't mess with the angels of heaven, <laughs> basically is what I'm trying to say. I like Angela and Freya's conversation. I want to see more of that dynamic because that's her mom. Right, but I mean, it's a really tenuous yeah, relationship. I just like her with her family because, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, when we've seen Angela in Guardians and even when she was first revealed in Original Sin, like she's really just this kind of like warrior archetype. I'm going to fight everybody. Mm-hmm. And seeing her actually like basically at like the Asgardian family barbecue. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. And that moment with Loki, there's a wonderful moment with Loki where she's kind of been shunned and she's mm-hmm. off to the side and he's like, oh, I see you kind of take yeah. after me on this side of the family. Yeah. <laughs> Loki's like, oh, finally, a friend. Yeah. But I like her stuff with Odin and with Freya. I like anytime anyone sticks to Odin. Yeah. Jerky so. old man. Definitely looking forward to <laughs> more. <laughs> Nailed the dismount there. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Next up is Ant-Man number one <laughs> by Nick Spencer with art by Ramon Rosanas. This is such a great issue. It's a wonderful number one. It explores a lot of the exposition, but in a really fun, interesting way. We see Scott Lang as Ant-Man, and we delve into his history with Hank Pym, how he came to have the Ant-Man suit, his history with his wife, and he is now divorced, and they have a daughter who's in junior high. And it's really just him kind of being a super loser, mm-hmm. trying trying yes. so hard to do right by his daughter and to just be like a halfway decent guy, but he knows his moral core is sort of ambiguous. Mm-hmm. More moral core for today. Yeah. Um, but it's a, really, it's a really funny book. It's a pretty weighty book, too. It's got a lot of pages. How many pages is it? You know what? It, I seems, think it feels more like 40 than 30. I'll I was going to say, say there, I, I, I don't think there are as many pages as we thought there were. It was just a packed issue. Yeah. Like, Nick Spencer was able to get a lot on every page. Like, I mean, over the course of the issue, all the things he said, we get to meet the character and get sense and he gets a new status quo and all mm-hmm. that. But he also, like, there's a heist. Oh, and yeah. And he, he, he gets to see him with his daughter. He gets to see him with Iron Man, who's great. And uh, and possibly one of my most favorite heists ever because it's oh, yeah. super awkward. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. If you liked, number one, if you're excited for the Ant-Man movie, you should read this book because it gives you a sense of Scott Lang. Number two, if you like Nick's work on Superior Foes of Spider-Man. That's what I was going to say. This is like the spiritual successor to that mm-hmm. in that Scott is not boomerang, but just in terms of how 
Nick writes them in their dialogue. Yeah. They're kind of like kindred spirits. They're very much underdogs yes. and, and somewhat anti-heroes. Yes, but where he's like Boomerang was at the end of the day, out for himself, out as a jerk, like Ant-Man wants to do the right thing. He, he just, just yeah. is bad at it. He's just bad at it, but he's a good dude and you'll really relate to him and art is great. And you get and to see Tony Stark ugh. being Tony Stark at his best, which yep. is just kind of footloose and fancy free. Yep. Very, very cocky, very mm -hmm. confident, and womanizing. Some pretty random cameos. Oh, from yeah. The likes of like Prodigy and the Beatle from Superior right. Foes, and just great stuff. It was so fun. I was just smiling the whole time I was reading this issue, but at the same time, I was like, I wasn't just smiling because it's laugh out loud funny, I was smiling because it's got heart. And that's what I thought about Superior Foes, too. Oh, so absolutely. I think it's the same. It, like, it has a lot of heart, but <laughs> you don't feel as bad rooting for the protagonist as you do rooting for Boomerang. So that's very, that very true. So added benefit. And he is, he's so incredibly human. I think mm -hmm. that's what is so enjoyable. Like, right off the top, he just keeps saying the wrong thing, and, he's, and you hear his internal monologue, like, oh, God. Yep. Oh, get it right. That yeah. guy, get it right. And if you don't know anything about Ant-Man, you could pick up this issue and be fine. Absolutely. They download it nicely for you, but it's not just like a block of exposition. Oh, no, it doesn't feel that way at all. Yeah. All right, Avengers No More Bullying. This is kind of a cool one-shot. It's an all-ages book. Uh, it's basically three short stories devoted to teaching lessons about bullying. Um, there's one starring the Avengers. So we can focus on Hawkeye, written by Sean Ryan, art by Carlo Barberi. Lesson there is Hawkeye basically is sick of the Avengers teasing him for having no powers. <laughs> um, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy story written by Jody Hauser, art by Tana Ford, called The Quotient, and, and it's about them teaching uh, a kid from an alien race why you shouldn't exclude friends just because they may be different. And finally, probably my favorite, Jerry Duggan, who writes tons of stuff. Um, <laughs> Hulk, Deadpool, everything. Yeah, and it's drawn by Marcia Takara, but he meets, manages to do an all-ages Spider-Man story that's funny and like kind of on the sly, like you're, if, you're an, if you're an adult, but if, a kid, if you're a kid, you'll get it. It's kind of Spider-Man teaching this a young man who's getting bullying about his past and be like, hey, man, I used to get bullied all the time, and here's how I handled it, and here's what I did wrong, and here's what I did right, and it's funny. It's legitimately funny. Uh, there's a nice postscript from Devin Lewis, who edited this book. He writes a really nice kind of letter about, like, you know what, this is what hopefully you got out of this book, enjoy it, et cetera. It's just, it's, it's something different. It's not going to be for everybody, but if you've got kids, uh, this is a really cool thing to get them, um, and I think they'll really enjoy it. And it's, and it's not just good lessons, but also a cool intro to Marvel's characters, great writing, great art. And I'm really excited because this is Jody Hauser's first book with us, mm -hmm. and she's a newer writer, and she's really awesome. And I'm excited to have her uh, with the Marvel staff. Yeah, that's really cool. Welcome, Jody. There was a lot of cool, like, new talent that you kind of tried out on this book, so very enjoyable. Uh, not about bullying is Bucky Barnes, <laughs> The Winter Soldier, number three, written by Al Scott, art by Marco Rudy, with a little assist from Michael Walsh. So this is like a weird cosmic love story where Bucky and Daisy Johnson find out they got to go do something to this alien race, specifically to this queen. They're upsetting kind of the cosmic political balance. Um, so I think they got to basically take her out, uh, was what I was getting. The nice thing about Bucky Barnes' Winter Soldier is between Mark Rudy's psychedelic art and <laughs> Alshkot's crazy writing, you're never quite sure what's going on in a good way. But Bucky goes to this alien planet uh, where their culture is very different, um, essentially his way in is he said he wants to go on a date with their queen and they don't know what a date is so he explains and they're like oh this sounds like a great honor and he's like great let me go on a date with her and uh, they kind of hit it off and they're doing well but 
Daisy's being all kind of, I don't know, snarky because another guy is like, can I go on a date with you, Daisy Johnson? And she makes up a bunch of excuses, why not? And then old Bucky Barnes is lurking around. And then there is a villain who shows up, an unexpected Earth villain in the Michael Walsh pages. A lot going on. Beautiful. Uh, Marco Rudy does it like nobody does. And his layouts are amazing. And this is going to pick up next issue. It says next, 200 years into the future. Mm. So another just crazy take on Bucky. This is not... This is not your dad's Winter Soldier or <laughs> your older brother's Winter Soldier or your Winter Soldier of two years ago. It's just a different, different take. It's using this great character to do these totally out there stories, cosmic stuff, romance stuff, all sorts of stuff. Very ambitious, very cool. And the coloring is gorgeous. Coloring's amazing. Absolutely. Alex, it's your turn. Yeah. Third person, reviewing comics, talking about comics on this podcast. <laughs> uh, this is Death of Wolverine, the Weapon X program, number five, written by Charles Soule, art by, I might mess this up, Angel Unzueta and Ivan Coelho. And basically, this is like the issue that leads into the Logan legacy. You see how the Logan legacy comes to be, and then it's actually leading into another number one issue this week, Wolverines. And this is about... Sharp dealing with Ogon in his head and just exactly like how the man he is versus the spirit of Ogon and what he wants him to do. You find out where the other Weapon X program, um, I guess, experiments are. You find out the people, more about the people that are hunting them down and why. And really it's just showing exact the skills that Sharp has and together with Ogon, what they can do. You find out the identity of the mysterious Shogun from the Logan Legacy. Uh, Ryan almost spoiled that about two episodes back. Oh, that was in here. Yeah, <laughs> had to stop him mid-sentence. Good. And Good yeah, it's just it's exciting. You get some answers. You see some action. It's a great book. You guys had to pick it up. Cool. Thank you, Alex. Oh. Alex will be back later to talk <laughs> about Wolverines, which is spins out of that book. Yeah, it's like a companion. Two-parter. Back to you, Lorraine. <laughs> Uh, so next up is Hawkeye versus Deadpool by Jerry Duggan. We were just talking about him. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> With art by Matteo Lolli and Jacopo Camagni. This is such a fun book. It's the conclusion of this book. It was a four-issue campaign, right? It was four, yeah, four-issue campaign. I like that. Yeah, there was a zero issue, too, so there was five issues, which really bothered Ryan for some reason. He didn't know why it started with issue zero. He's like, if it's going to be five issues, just make it five issues. He's really upset about that. I'm fine with it. I'm, it's I, great. I accept it as a four I, and a zero issue arc. I enjoy zero issues from the 90s, and I'm glad they're back. Uh, this wraps up the the whole miniseries really nicely. Uh it's such a it's such a fun book because it feels like a Deadpool book, but it's a Hawkeye book, right. but it's both. Yeah, uh, you get to see potentially one of my favorite moments of when Deadpool gets to say to Hawkeye that Kate Bishop is the better Hawkeye. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> um, Kate Bishop is such a a badass. Then this basically. Kate Bishop and Deadpool come to save Hawkeye, who has been brainwashed by mm -hmm. Black Cat. Uh, Good for Black Cat, too, by the way. Stepping up is like, I'm so excited for Black Cat as a villain now. Oh, yeah. I always liked Black Cat as an anti-hero, but I think she has so much potential as a villain, and I'm glad she got used here so she's not just, you know, hanging out in Spider-Man and doing just that. I'm glad she kind of spread her kitty wings. <laughs> oh. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> she spread her claws and That's better. and Much crawled better. up the screen door. Yep. But, no, she's, she's taken such a cool turn. I think, you know, kudos to Dan Slott 
on making Spider-Man piss her off enough to really go to the dark side. Yeah, good move. Um, but she has some really fun stuff in this issue. She's a sneaky Pete. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, and, and it's just a super hilarious, super fun issue. And I have to say, the action in this is drawn so well. My favorite little panel is Kate Bishop like busts into the scene and she's doing yeah. a full split kicking yep. two people in the face. It's awesome. The The drawings are just beautiful in this. Uh, excellent all around. Yeah. Pick up the whole series now. A pluses for Misters Duggan and company. Um, over to Hulk number 10 written by this Jerry Duggan character. Who? <laughs> I don't know. Never He's, heard of him. Yeah, some newbie. Uh, drawn <laughs> by Mark Bagley, and this, it says around the cover, Hulk versus Red Hulk. Uh, the Hulk has been going after all the different Hulks, trying to get them to give up their powers, or he takes them away. He starts this issue by approaching Matt Murdock. Cool little cameo there, because he needs something from Matt, presumably, that draws the attention of the Red Hulk. This has been building since Jerry took over the book. This is kind of the fight we've been waiting for, and Mark Bagley, of course, born to draw this type of thing. So it's just incredible as only hulk versus hulk can get just ridiculously building stakes crazy punches they're knocking down mountains they're going into volcanoes they're bleeding all over the place the beauty is like they bleed like yellow and green it's just it's bizarre just yeah pretty much and they're you know transport everywhere at the same time doc green which is this hulk's persona who's never encountered the red hulk is yelling at him about all the jerky stuff he does um, and though the fight kind of goes to a conclusion you might not expect, Doc Green gets what he needs for the next portion of this story, which is going to involve another Hulk, a Hulk of a different color. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> good punch him up issue. Uh, extra credit again to Mark Bagley for drawing this. I always love that. Yay. Iron Fist Living Weapon, number eight, both written and drawn by Care Kyle Andrews. This is the story of Danny Rand reconnecting with his mommy issues. Um, he has a flashback at the beginning, which is great because he has this encounter with this kid who gets on him for being rich and not helping everybody. Always fun. Uh, of course, Carrie Andrews has a wicked sense of humor. But then Danny descends down into the realm of the dead because he wants to talk to his mom before he basically goes on this crusade to fight this crazy creature that is both a machine and also his dad. Uh, all the Realm of the Dead stuff is done, like, mostly in black and white with just, like, stark stuff to highlight certain things. Andrews is just brilliant at this. There are crazy fights. There is uh, stuff with monsters. There is Danny coming to the root of who he is and what's wrong with him and preparing to finally have a rematch with the guy who beat the crap out of him. And, at the end of the issue, a new look for the Iron Fist. Oh, fashionable. Uh, next up is Legendary Star-Lord number seven by Sam Humphreys with, uh, <clears throat> with art mm. by Freddie Williams III. Yes. Uh, just so you know. Uh, but <laughs> uh, if you guys are shipping Kitty Lord, as I've been calling them, yeah. you are going to love this is issue. Is there not an official name for them? I yeah, don't know. Do, do we have an official I, I, name? I, there has to be. They're the I've most been calling like, them Kitty Lord. They're the most like shippy couple that we Star have Pride. in Marvel right now. Star Pride. I like Star that. Pride, Kitty Lord. Yeah. Uh, that's, oh, like a cool name. that's a cool name for a full character. Star Pride Kitty Lord. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually a cool name for a cat. I was, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, I love this issue. It's so fun. I love them as a couple. It's so awesome to finally see them inhabiting the same space instead right. of being long distance. Uh, and we get to see 
Kitty Pride save her boyfriend mm-hmm. from her father-in-law potentially. Yeah, potentially, no, that's is that not a word? How, that's not no? how in-laws work. No, I mean potentially, but yeah, not. There's a waste. Her, her There's a boyfriend, waste to go. Her boyfriend's dad. Yeah, that's, there we go. that's a better yeah. way to put it. Whew, you guys. <laughs> that was close. Marie, do you know how to get in-laws? <laughs> you buy them? <laughs> Is that how it works? I haven't learned yet, but you can tell me about it later You'll since you're a there. professional. Yeah. Uh, right. We also have lots of Lockheed, which is my favorite. Fun fact, my dog's middle name is Lockheed. Oh, I didn't even know dogs had middle names. Mine does because <laughs> of reasons. Yeah. Um, you also, ladies, tons of shirtless Star-Lord. <laughs> ladies. It's, it's kind of weird. And but dudes. And dudes. And dudes. Yeah. yeah, ladies and dudes. Alex, yeah, Alex got yeah. excited. Listen, Ooh. everyone enjoys <laughs> Star-Lord in his boxer shorts. Mm-hmm. And Which you, is in the whole issue. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really in the, the whole issue. No. And the thing that you guys have been waiting for in regard to their love life <laughs> is finally oh. happening. I, that, that, that thing, the it's other thing. It's just weird because it's a podcast, so if they can't hear you, they're just going to turn up the volume. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to be blasted out yeah, when we laugh. Exactly. But you guys, it's, such, it's so fun, it's so funny, and it's so romantic. And I love, I love Kitty Lord. I've never wanted a pet more than I do now, just so I can name it Star Fried Kitty Lord. <laughs> Star Fried Kitty Lord Lockheed Morse. Uh, <laughs> Wait, don't forget Sherlock. Sh- oh, yeah. Sherlock Morse. That's, I keep that a secret. Oh, um, <laughs> No, that's my wife's much cooler maiden name, which I made her get rid of. I didn't make her. She chose to. It's She has a much cooler last name than I did. I you guys should have taken her last name. I agree. I wanted yeah. to be Benjamin Sherlock. And I would have gone by Benjamin. Awesome, I know, right? <laughs> I would have gone by Benjamin full time. And she's like, oh, wouldn't your dad be disappointed? I told my dad. And my dad goes, are you kidding me? He goes, I would take it too. Because his first <laughs> name is Abraham. And he said he would go by Abraham. He calls himself Ned. But he would go by, he said, I'd go by Abraham, Sherlock. And we'd solve crimes together. <laughs> so, yeah, my whole family wanted to take uh, my wife's last name. And oh. we both disappointed them. Uh, it's never too late. <laughs> Follow I your agree. dreams. I think I can still do it. All right. Um, switching gears tremendously. Marvel's The Avengers, two of two. This is a limited series adapting Marvel's The Avengers, the hit movie that everyone saw. You guys saw it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We created that. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, what is it? Mm-hmm. Um, I finally by- just bought the MCU one box. Oh, there you the, go. The, the, the whole phase one. Did you get one. it for the holidays? Yeah. I, I got it for on sale. <laughs> you got it for on sale? You got it for as a nice little gift for yourself? I saw it on Amazon. Yep. For this, me and my cat. family. This was, this was adapted by Will Corona Pilgrim. The art is by Augustine Padilla. And Joe Bennett, I'm not really going to go through the plot because it's the plot of the second half of the Avengers movie. <laughs> so it's that, but in a comic book. I'm just going to, that's it. Yep, <laughs> Drop you did the it. mic on that one. Uh, <laughs> Miracle Man number 14, mature content and parental advisory on this one. Oh, so yeah. kids do Spicy. not read. Written by the original writer, you know who. Uh, art by John Tottleben. And there's a, this, I mean, this is beautiful. Wait, can you say that last name again? Tottleben. Oh, John that was Tottleben. He's a Brit, I believe. Um, this is book four of Pantheon. The, oh, it's book four of Olympus. Chapter four of book three, Olympus. The chapter is called Pantheon. Uh, it's Nailed it. It's a crucial moment for Miracle Man. It's the death of a major character in the series. It's the introduction of some new supporting characters. It's gorgeous art um, that still holds up years later. It's the disillusion of a lot of the family aspects, and it's the return of the greatest villain Miracle Man has ever faced. And there's gross graphic stuff, and it's really violent, and um, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, and you shouldn't read it unless you're at least, like, 18. Like 18. Yeah, 18-ish. 
Uh, next up is Operation Sin Number One by Catherine Immonen with art by Rich Ellis. This is such a great companion piece right. since that's the buzzword of the day for Lorraine. It's synergy. It's synergy <laughs> because, of course, Marvel's so Agent lucky Carter that it came, came out. out this week. Yeah. <laughs> It's happenstance. Yeah, nice coincidence. Um, it <laughs> uh, and it has very much the feel of Marvel's Agent Carter. If you're checking it out on ABC, I love it. The art has a really fun 40s kind of feel to it. Uh, we see Peggy at home just kicking it, get ready for bed. Yeah. Uh, Howard Stark makes a really interesting entrance into her life. Yeah, I'll let that like the show. Kind of like the show. <laughs> In fact, very similar to the show, but it does veer away from the show. It's yes. not the exact same plot as the show. Yeah, because Woodrow McCord's in this. That's right. Yeah, Woodrow McCord, my favoritely named character of 2014. <laughs> I love the name Woodrow McCord. That's probably gonna be my child's name. Not uh, or my next, Sherlock? No, it's going to be my, my other pet. Sherlock. Woodrow McCord Sherlock. Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Star-Lord Kitty Pride. Star-Lord Kitty Pride. Uh, but uh, anyway, she... <laughs> Wait, she, Kitty Ward. She... she the two names together. Dang it. <laughs> so catchy, but backwards. Okay, anyway. So Sorry. Peggy heads off to check out an interesting mission in Moscow. As you can imagine, relations back then were interesting. Yeah, we didn't get along with Russia. Now, for Things a while. Good. Things got Alex, weird over there. before you were born. Was it? Yeah. I mean, it was before all of us were born, technically. Te very technically, technically literally. just literally, <laughs> literally yeah. before all of us were born but what i love about this is an, it's an exploration into peggy carter's character once again we get to see a lot of her philosophies i i really love it because it feels so seamless with the show of the her character is very much as it is on the show she's so talented she's so smart mm -hmm. she's so adept and she has so many skills that you don't even realize she has uh and ben just bumped his elbow yeah. But check it out. Didn't need the play-by-play -play on that. <laughs> <laughs> check it out. If you're loving the show, you'll love this. If you love this, you'll love the show. So yeah. either way, win-win. It's great. There's so much for you guys to check out. Um, the Punisher does not have his own show on ABC, but he does have a comic book, which is on issue 14 this week. It's written by Nathan Edmondson. The art is by Mitch Gerards. Who has a beautiful beard. He Who? was tweeting about it. Nate or Mitch? Mitch. Okay. Because Nate actually, does. Uh, he's clean-shaven. He's, well, thank goodness I didn't he, say Nate then. He's blonde, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, just, just a an Adonis from Adonis. the way. <laughs> That's a good, yeah. No, he's a, he's a good-looking dude. Mitch is too. Good-looking guys writing this book, <laughs> writing and drawing this book, The Punisher. <laughs> this is the long way. This has been building literally for 13 issues. The final, the fight between Frank Castle and the Howling Commandos. Frank doing some awesome narration. Meanwhile, Los Angeles is burning because the Dos Souls gang is taking it over. You get to see both Frank and the Howling Commandos kind of dueling, not just fighting it out with fist fights like we've seen in, say, the Hulk, but you know, using tactical weapons, using strategy, storming this hotel. It's all very gritty. It's all very real because Nate and Mitch are both buffs for this kind of thing, and they do their research. Who wins between the Punisher and the Howling Commandos is a confrontation we've been waiting for. It's going to change everything, and uh, it's going to potentially screw up Los Angeles for a good long time, worse than it's already, you know is screwed up. Traffic. You know, so much traffic. Bad traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Spider-Man 2099, number eight, by Peter David, with art by Will Sliney. This is very much calling back to Amazing Spider-Man number 12, which we just talked about earlier. They even reference it in that book, like, hey, I wonder how it's going over in 
Spider-Man 2099. Yep. Uh, they are, in fact, <laughs> Spider-Man 2099, Miguel, is with Spider-Lady. Did yep. you like the way I said his name? Yeah. Thank it's you. Lady Spider, not yeah. Spider-Lady. Spider, I like calling, <laughs> but there is confusion in the book yeah. of Spider-Lady and Lady Spider. Yeah. So you just know now. Um, but it checks in with them. They are, in fact, dissecting this clone, mm -hmm. trying to figure out... Of Dimos. Of Dimos, trying to figure out how exactly they can get, get around this need for them to be food, basically. Yep. Uh, so they're trying to figure it out. Uh, and <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, I really do love Spider Lady, Lady Spider, and her confusing name. She's great. She's such a cool character. She's really interesting. She's also cool because she's so out of her... She's from, like, steampunk era, and she's in 2099. Yeah. Totally out of her depth. Super out of her depth. But rolling with it. But there's a lot of um, jumping around from place to place in Amazing Spider-Man, mm -hmm. and this stays fairly stationary, but it's... I don't want to give anything away because, basically, if you say anything about this issue, then... Yeah. It unlocks everything that's happening. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. It's a really here's, interesting issue. Here's what I'll say: If you were a fan of the original 2099 books, like I was, this is a treat because they actually go around the world of 2099 a little bit. Yeah. You get to see Spider-Man's old supporting cast, and you also get the cameo guest appearance of the year to date um, <laughs> of, 20, year. of 2015 thus far <laughs> with another of the core 2099 characters. Won't say who it is, other to say that. There were four original 2099 characters, and it is one of those characters, and it's great. Aw, yeah. that makes you so happy. It made me happy. It made little little kid me happy. Uh, next up is Storm Number 7 by Greg Pak with art by Albario Nuevo. Well, Greg Pak was just in here a little while ago. Oh, was he? Yes, I said hello to him. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Um, great story, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> full, full of details yeah. and, and, and thrills. Uh, so I really love this. It picks up right after issue six. You'll remember if you're reading this book that Storm has just saved a whole airplane mm -hmm. that has been sabotaged. Yeah. Uh, and she wakes up and she's in a containment facility. She's being contained by the federal government. Yeah. And let's just say things aren't as they seemed. You know, yeah. people, people are telling some lies about what actually happened that day. And there are a lot of uh, threads under the surface of what may or may not be mm -hmm. true. But what I love about this is, you know, in this book we've been seeing Storm really being the good Storm. You know, she's she's going, she's trying to help people back in her hometown. She's trying yep. to save people. We start to see a little bit of when Storm gets really pissed mm -hmm. off. Uh, and you kind of, uh, for the first time, I think in this book, I start to feel really worried, like, oh gosh, Storm, don't, mm -hmm. Don't go to the dark side. Don't do it, Storm. Don't don't kill nobody. Yeah. So as they say on the streets. As as they say on the streets. <laughs> uh, so yeah, definitely check it out. I love this book. Every time it comes out, I yeah love it more. It's like it's definitely a sleeper book. Um, it's 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 not involved in any big events. It's not you know status quo shattering, but it's just this really great character study of Storm by Greg Pak, uh, and it's it's tremendous. She's a wonderful character. And she's finally getting her due. Agreed. It only took like 40 years. And next up, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl number one yeah. by Ryan North with art by Erica Henderson. Highly anticipated debut. Oh my Ooh. gosh. I love <laughs> this book. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. Uh, I love the, <laughs> I love Erica Henderson's style. It's mm -hmm. so different. This whole book, 
whether we're talking about the writing or the art, is so different than any other book at Marvel right now, I yep. truly think. Uh, it's it, I, it has a really all-ages feel, but I think anybody can appreciate it, no matter their age. It kicks off with Squirrel you know, Girl. It, it kind of looks all-ages, but at the same time, it's very clever. It's very clever. <laughs> I, I think what I love about it is I would read this book, and I would not think, oh, I'm reading an all-ages book. No. I'm just reading an awesome, funny, interesting book. Yeah. But I could definitely hand this to a niece or nephew and be yeah. like, enjoy away. I'm not going to worry about mm -hmm. you know, you learning something bad or, or too much no. from it. It, ba it basically picks up with Squirrel Girl. She's uh, been hiding out in the attic of the Avengers Mansion, freeloading. She feels kind of bad about it, but it's time for her to go away to college. Yep. And because you know she wants to have an interesting career, she decides to study computer sciences instead yeah. of squirrels. She has, <laughs> she does in fact have an adorable sidekick, Tip Tippy Toe, Tippy Toe the squirrel, uh, and it's her. Her adventures through college, she has a wonderful interaction with Craven the yeah. Hunter. Oh my god, one of my favorite villains ever, because he's so ridiculous looking. He's so he ridiculous. He looks even looking. more ridiculous here, because Eric Anderson draws him great. Uh, and she does something that I don't know that I've ever seen really done in a comic, which is uh, talk about fighting yeah. as opposed to, you know, just kicking butts. But she does kick plenty of butt. Yep. But she also is just, it's really funny and it's really interesting. And I love that she packs her squirrel say, tail in her pants. That? Okay, speaking she, of butts. She, so she looks like she has a huge butt. Yeah, but she's cool. She's like, look at that, huh? Yeah, she's she like, owns it. She's like, I'm rocking this huge butt. But that's yeah. how she doesn't let people know she's squirrel girl. Yep. Also, this costume, I expect to see every cosplayer in it. I want to oh, cosplay it. As we haven't already. It's, it's the most wearable version of this costume I've ever seen. It's it's just awesome. So anyways, pick it up. Definitely have to have it this week. Yeah, it's a slam dunk. I kind of wish we had video on the podcast just because Lorraine does a great job of describing books with her hands. But, like, we don't really do. We're just sitting here like, oh, yeah. here's what the books are like. And you're like telling a story. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I, I want you to... to I, I'm no, there. Yeah. I feel like I read these books. I what the worst part is is I just started gesturing again as if that <laughs> no, would somehow want, help. I, was, I almost didn't want to say because I didn't want to make you like self conscious about it because it's awesome. You should keep doing. Uh, I will. No, you now, can't see no, that. She's, no, she's forcing it. <laughs> Alex, tell us about the other book you read this week. All right, everyone. It's Wolverine's <laughs> number one. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you have a great voice. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. They tell me all the time. Yep. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Matthew McConaughey of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Dead air. Dead Wolverine's air. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Wolverine's number one. <laughs> Written by Charles Searle. Art by Nick Bradshaw. And a couple pages by Allison Borges. Mm -hmm. And I believe this picks up after... Let me see it for a second, actually, while you talk. Yeah. <laughs> I believe this picks up uh, after the last... Uh, issue of the Logan Legacy. They're on their mission now to find what could save them. It's um, all the Weapon X program experiments, something that I'm guessing a healing factor, something to keep them from all dying. And they go back to Paradise where they're all made. And you get to see all these like great pairings between the Weapon X program experiments and like Sabretooth and Shogun are team up. And then I think it's Endo and Lady Deathstrike, Skell and Dokken, and you get a surprise visit from the Wrecking Crew, who were hired to also look for something at Paradise. And by the end of the book, you find out who hired them. You don't know why yet, but something really crazy happens with Dokken. Mm -hmm. And by the end of that, you're really you're you're going crazy for more. 
because it's it leaves on a big cliffhanger. And it's it's on the cover, so I don't think it's a spoiler. Yeah. But there's a really really beautiful moment where you see Wolverine. Right. And it's pretty heartbreaking. It's but very it's, heartbreaking. But it's also strangely beautiful. Yeah, I guess. If you're totally twisted. Yeah. I'm just kind of confused because like all the claws are out. Yeah. They're all around them. It's beautiful. And you get to see the new saber tooth in this because you have oh, the yeah. inverted saber tooth, the heroic saber tooth. So you get. It's wearing a new haircut. Yes. Yeah. A sharp new haircut. Yeah, <laughs> looking, tidied it up. Looking wonderful. Um, <laughs> all right, let's wrap this week up with X Men number 23, written by G. Willow Wilson of Miss Marvel fame. Just Ooh. kicking off a new arc. And drawn by Roland Boshi, who we definitely don't get to see enough from. Uh, we open up with Gambit, of course. Of at course. this like Burning Man esque festival, <laughs> hitting on some women, and then suddenly everything goes crazy. There's an environmental disaster, so he goes, uh, I should call Storm. So he does, he calls Jubilee, who gets Storm over there. And from here, um, Storm, who we already talked about a lot earlier this week, basically fights weather. So she fights her own powers to some degree. She tries to understand it, some weird stuff happens. Uh, we don't know what's motivating all this, but it's a lot of insight into Storm's powers, into her psyche, uh, a guest appearance by someone who we thought was dead and maybe was on the cover of Wolverine's number one. Uh, so, yeah, it's not really him. But she has a cool dream sequence. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's also something going on back at the Jean Grey School with Jubilee, with Beast, and I guess next issue, we're going to get like a perspective from each member of the team. So this issue was Storm's issue. Next issue is going to be Psylocke's issue. Mm. So there you go. All 21 books that are out this week. Let's get some uh, Storm of the Week picks before we exit this section of the podcast. Alex, you want to kick us off? I'm really excited to read Ant-Man number one. I didn't get to, but I really want to. There you go. You know, I... Ben and I were talking about this before the podcast, and Ant-Man number one, I was like, I think that's my, my twim of the week, mm -hmm. but then talking about the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, I, yeah. I just forgot how much I just enjoyed the heck out of it. It made me feel so much joy, so I have to say, Squirrel Girl. There are a lot that could have easily taken it this week, but I'm going to stick with, um, I'm not going to you know pull a, pull a switcheroo like Lorraine did. <gasps> No, that was good. I'm glad you did. Um, I'm going to stick with Ant-Man. I loved Ant-Man. It was so good. I love that character. But, yes, Squirrel Girl is a lot of fun. Um, so many books that were out this week were, were great. And, yeah, I love I love weeks like this where I just literally I'm reading book after book and cannot decide my twin until yeah. the last second. I know, like Star, <laughs> Star Pride Kitty Lord. Star Pride Kitty Lord was out this week. Uh, <laughs> Miracle Man, if you're of a mature reader's age, Operation Sin. Uh, even Avengers No More Billion was really kind of a cool thing for me. I want to, you know, give some love to that, too. And I, so I really much Spider-Verse. A lot of Spider-Verse, and Spider-Verse is a lot of fun. But there's more out this week. Uh, out in collections, we have Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, Edge of Spider-Verse Prelude. Death of Wolverine is out in hardcover. Probably my favorite tweet of the week was Charles Soule, the writer of this, uh, saying, Death of Wolverine is available today in hardcover. It features the death of Wolverine. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> way to sell those books, Charles. Uh, Marvel Masterworks, The Fantastic Four, Volume 1, in hardcover. Marvel Superhero Secret Wars, prose novel, in hardcover. Punisher, Volume 2, Border Crossing, and Uncanny Avengers, Volume 5, Axis Prelude, in hardcover. Plus, on the Marvel app, you can get everything we talked about except for the very ages inappropriate Miracle Man. <laughs> also on the app, we have X Factor, the original volume, issues 71 through 83, and X Factor Annual, the originals, number 7 and 8. 
And then when it comes to collections this week on the app, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot. <clears throat> well, there's a lot for, for a specific reason, and that's mm -hmm. that, first to get out of the way, we have Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, Spider-Verse Prelude, Black Panther Back to Africa, Black Widow Itsy Bitsy Spider, Death of Wolverine, House of M Spider-Man, Hulk World War Hulk, Damage Control, and Gamma Core, and then also Punisher Volume 2, Border Crossing, Uncanny Avengers Volume 5 Prelude. But... <laughs> Between but, those. <laughs> yeah, we added, uh, if you guys have enjoyed the Star Wars content from uh, Dark Horse Comics for the last several decades, I guess, we put like all of it up on our app, so you can now get all the collected editions of the uh, Star Wars stuff. Um, let's just run through it. We got A New Hope Volume 1 through 4, we have Agent of Empire Volume 1 and 2, we have Chewbacca, we have Han Solo at Star's End, Jedi the Dark Side, Legacy 2 Volume 1 through 4. Legacy, Volume 1 through 3. Star Wars Omnibuses, uh, A Long Time Ago, Volumes 1 through 5. At War with the Empire, Volume 1 and 2. Early Victories, Episodes 1 through 6. Knights of the Old Republic, Volume 1 through 3. Shadows of the Empire, X-Wing Rogue Squ Squadron, Volume 1 through 3. Purge, Rebel Heist, Return of the Jedi, Volume 1 through 4. Return of the Jedi, Volume 2. The Empire Strikes Back, Volume 1 through 4. The Phantom Menace, Volume 1 and 2. Star Wars Visionaries. Uh, Star Wars, the first four volumes, which I guess are In the Shadow of Yavin, From the Ruins of Alderaan, Rebel Girl, and Shattered Hope, Blood Ties, Boba Fett is Dead, Boba Fett, Death Lies and Treachery, Boba Fett, Enemy of the Empire, Bounty Hunters, Dark Empire Trilogy, Darth Vader in the Ghost Prison, Darth Vader in the Lost Command, Darth Vader in the Ninth Assassin, Heir to the Empire, Tag and Bink were here, The Crimson Empire Saga, The Thrawn Trilogy, and the Star Wars. Sorry, Ben, I wasn't listening. Could you just reread those really quick? Uh, you can rewind. Okay. And Lizzie, the point is, if you're a Star Wars fan and you've been waiting to read some Star Wars comics, boy, do we have some available for you. I, I lost count of how many trades that was. A lot. That's like yeah. 50 <laughs> trades or something of Star Wars materials. So, yeah, there's no excuse to not get into Star Wars, I guess. Would you yeah, like we, we, yeah, someone else, please okay. read something. I'm Here we go. Freshly digitized comics on the app 1515. That's the new year. That's this year. You guys, that's glad, science. Glad, glad I handed this one over to you. <laughs> I got it. 100th anniversary special Fantastic Four from 2014, number one. 100th anniversary special Spider-Man from 2014, number one. All new Invaders, number seven. All new X-Factor, number 10. All new X-Men, number 29. Amazing Spider-Man, 1.3. Amazing Spider, or pardon me, Amazing X-Men, number Spider nine. <laughs> it's a new book. <laughs> Amazing X-Men, number nine. Black Widow, number eight. Captain America, number 22. Daredevil, uh, 0 0.1. Deadpool versus X-Force, number one. Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy's Most Wanted, number one. Iron Fist, The Living Weapon, number four. Legendary Star-Lord, number one. Great book. Mm -hmm. Magneto, number six. <laughs> I'm tickled. Miles Morales, The Ultimate Spider-Man, number three. Moon Knight, number five. New Warriors, number seven. Original Sin, number five. The Punisher, number eight. Rocket Raccoon, number one. And Thor, God of Thunder, number 24. Now here again, all those Star Wars, but no, just kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to read that again. Um, cool, yes, a lot of stuff to read this week, but if you're in the mood for some news, we got that for you. Uh, earlier this week, we held an Uncanny Avengers chat. Rick Remender talked about the new volume of Uncanny Avengers, which is going to be doing debuting, debuting in just a few weeks. And today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, 
Hopefully, you still have time to go catch the Black Vortex chat with Brian Bendis and Sam Humphreys. But if you don't, you can replay both of those through Marvel.com. Also this week, uh, I took uh, Jim Beard's awesome history of Ant-Man and turned it into one of our new listicles. Cool. So you can now check that all out in one place, see the whole history of Scott Lang before you read Ant-Man number one or before you see the new trailer for Ant-Man. And also we covered the big events of 2014 in listicle form. If you guys are digging these listicles, they are fun to make. So we'll make more of them. That was appropriate of nothing. Um, <laughs> some video game news. Captain Marvel is now available in Contest of Champions. We released a trailer of her powers and abilities, as well as an interview with the folks who designed her, and a quote from Son Aminat, the editor of Captain Marvel as well. Then on the other flip side of the mobile universe, Spider-Man Unlimited added Silk as a playable character, and there was a long road to get her into the game, which is crazy because she debuted like four months ago. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Tatiana Nahai from Gameloft, as well as Dan Slott, talk about Silk being a part of Spider-Man Unlimited. Yeah, and if you want to see a whole big video about Spider-Man Unlimited, you can check out The Watcher. There's a whole video that talks about all of the different characters you can play and the gameplay and all kinds of cool stuff. Who hosted that, Lorraine? Uh, some girl named Lorraine Sink. That's you. Looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like me, talks like me. Uses her hand a lot when she talks on podcasts. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a quick break and go over to Mark and Patrick over in Hollyweird to talk about movies and TV and whatever else they're they're up to. We'll be right back. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh for another thrilling installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show starring the Wolfman and Stromy. We've got a lot of big announcements and news that's been going on this week. I don't even know really where to begin i'm gonna start with marvel's agent carter because i was just working on something for marvel's agent carter so that's what's on my brain right now we had the series premiere two hour series premiere this week of course it was awesome if you haven't seen it yet shame on you i highly recommend it it's Haley atwell back as piggy carter kicking tons of butt and just being super awesome of course, we have a new episode next Tuesday, January 13th at the series regular time, 9, 8 central on ABC. Until then, I know we'll be having some new clips from the new episode coming up this week, some interviews. We just posted a uh, episode of This Week in Marvel's Agent Carter because with Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. you know, off for a couple months, we are now doing... This Week in Marvel's Agent Carter instead. This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And for this series, we're flipping the script a little bit. We, I think, will be doing a lot of uh, commentaries for the episode. So for this first episode, I talked with uh, Chris Marcus and Steve McFeely, who wrote, and wrote the first episode, created the series of Marvel's Agent Carter. And uh, they also wrote a couple of movies you may have heard of called uh, Captain America the First Avenger and Captain America Winter Soldier. I've heard of those. All right. Well, I'm glad Patrick is earning his paycheck. Um, <laughs> I get paid to hear <laughs> of movies? <laughs> uh yeah, so you can download that right now, and if you're re-watching the episode, you can listen along. You can probably listen to it, too, even if you aren't re-watching the episode. There might be some parts where you get a little lost, but 
we tried to make it sort of friendly for if you're listening to it either way. You can do the classic thing where you have like the earbuds, but you only put one of the earbuds in and then use the other ear to watch the episode. And then you get like both. Okay, I guess that's a classic thing. Yeah, classic. According to people have People have been doing it since 1946. I believe uh, Agent Carter originated that. Oh, boy. Anyway, we also talked with uh, Haley Atwell earlier in this week. We posted an interview with her. And Patrick, you're working on a couple of interviews, aren't you? Just the one. Well, you've posted one, but you're working on others. Well, that's true. Oh, yes, yes, of course. That's that's uh, should be implied that I'm always working on interviews. But yes, I posted uh, a chat with Chad Michael Murray, who plays Agent Jack Thompson on Marvel's Agent Carter. So check that out. And uh, we'll also have an interview with Shay Wiggum, who plays SSR Chief Dooley in the series. So you have that to look forward to. That Duly one. noted. Oh, my. Well, let's jump on over to Marvel's Ant-Man, because, of course, during the series premiere of Marvel's Agent Carter, we had the world premiere of the very first official teaser for Ant-Man. We got to finally see a lot of Paul Rudd in action as Scott Lang, Michael Douglas, delivering a very great speech, in my opinion, at the beginning as Hank Pym talking to Scott about second chances and uh, sort of becoming a hero and sort of changing his life around. Other Ant-Man activity, of course, we had the teaser poster, which we released, which uh, you kind of have to uh, look at very carefully. See, what's funny is he's small. So... On the poster, he's real small. Yes, that's why I said you have to look closely. Because he's like the size of an ant. Yes. Is that where he gets his name? I thought it was because maybe his middle name was like Anthony, and so they'd be like, Ant Man. But I guess... No, that's not why he's called Ant-Man. No, No, he's called Ant-Man because... All right, clearly Patrick isn't earning his paycheck. I've heard of movies. Because he hasn't actually seen the the teaser yet. Listen, I've heard of Ant-Man. You said I just get paid for hearing of movies. I've heard of Ant-Man. I've heard of Captain America. That's a guy, right? Okay, if you haven't seen the teaser yourself, which I don't believe anyone listening to this has not seen the teaser yet but it is on our youtube page of course you can also find it on marvel.com speaking of new previews we've got a new trailer for avengers age of ultron premiering this upcoming monday january 12th during the college football national championships which begin at was it Patrick? Eight thirty. Eight thirty Eastern. Correct. On ESPN. Yes, the trailer will be debuting during the show, and of course we'll have it for you after that online. So tune in to see it for the very first time on ESPN. Probably on your big TV. You probably got a big TV that was probably bigger than your computer. So tune in, watch some footing ball, and watch it on your big TV. Patrick, it should be known, is the sole person in this office that knows less about sports than I do. So Patrick actually does believe it's called Footing Bowl. Um, that, well, isn't that what this this large championship tournament is called? Yes. The, the decided Footing Bowl 
champions. Did you have any updates on Avengers Age of Ultron, Patrick? I just posted two new pictures from uh, Avengers Age of Ultron where I got to tell you, all those Avengers look pretty spooked by something. We can't tell what they're spooked by, but you can tell they are not having a good time. But you get to see uh, pretty much the entire uh, crew there. All that, all those Avengers, you see them all together. So, yeah, check out two new pictures from Avengers Age of Ultron. And speaking of ESPN. Speaking of ESPN, we just, uh, or we'll, by the time you listen to this, we will have announced that Marvel Entertainment has teamed up with ESPN Films to release the documentary feature One of One Genesis. It is currently available on Google Play and Vudu. Uh, you can check that out. That is a, it's pretty interesting. It just talks about how there's more to being a, a superhero. There's more to being a great athlete than just the, the genetics you were born with. There is something that has to push you further to be the best hero you can be or to be the best athlete you can be. So that is currently available, one of one Genesis. It's available now on Vudu and Google Play. And coming later this year, be on the lookout for a series of shorts call, uh, from ESPN Films and Marvel called One of One Origins. Very cool. Finally, wrapping things up in terms of announcements because we didn't have enough. Yes. No, didn't have we, we also announced that Marvel's Daredevil will be hitting Netflix on April 10th. That is a Friday, I believe. It is hitting at 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time, the full 13-episode first season. We released a very cool new motion poster to celebrate it, which you can check out, of course, again on YouTube and uh, marvel.com youtube.com slash marvel of course is the address for our channel you can see it yourself it's a very nice cityscape that gets lit up in a very distinct way to create a very uh, uh, recognizable symbol shall we say that reminds me that on April 10th starting at approximately 1201 pacific time I'm going to be very sick yeah I think I might be too so I mean, you said that. Oh, you said that's a Friday. Yes. So that means I'll be sick on a Friday. Oh, I mean, who knows what can happen between now and April 10th? <laughs> but if if I'm not there, if I'm not at work, Friday, April 10th, starting at 12:01, roughly for 13 hours. I'm just putting that out there. Well, that means that you can show up though at like at like 1 or 2 p.m. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. On Friday. So we'll plan on that. Then. Yeah. So you'll just be sick during the morning. I feel uh, really, really happy, really fortunate that we might possibly be awake at 12.01 Pacific time and feel kind of bad for everyone who's living not in that time zone. Because that means they have to stay up till 3 in the morning. (laughs) Very true. And I'm sure people like residents of Hell's Kitchen probably will stay up that late. Probably, if if they're true Daredevil fans. Absolutely. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up everything. Like I say, it's been a very, very, very busy week for us over here. But we're just starting off the new year. We've got tons of awesome, exciting new stuff coming up. We've got 
Marvel's Daredevil, Marvel's Agent Carter, more Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, some more animated series. We've got Spider-Verse coming up in Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man soon. We've got the return of Marvel's Hulk and the Agents of Smash and Marvel's Avengers Assemble in a week or two. And yeah, we are just getting started. So stick with us. We promise it will be a very incredible year. Some might say it'll be marvelous. Great. With that, we're going to sign off and wish you a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous er week. We'll chat with you in seven more days. Thank you for listening. And as always, remember to drink your Ovaltine. Okay. Thank you, Mark and Patrick, uh, for whatever you did. I'm sure it was great. They probably just made fun of me for like 10 minutes. I don't know. Do you listen to their parts of the podcast? I listened to two parts because you were getting all those tweets. And that was enough, right? That was enough. You don't need to listen to them anymore because we got the goods right here. Um, we got questions and comments from you guys. This week in Marvel is the hashtag to use. And, of course, next week we'll be doing a TwimURC episode with Spider-Man, Round Robin, The Sidekick's Revenge. Have you been reading it? Yeah. It's so, so 90s. It's was so the verb I was, <laughs> adjective I was going to use. It's tremendous. I mean, that's the best time, like, period of time. So yeah. Whatever, you know? Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> You know, L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> All right, so let's get to what you guys said. Of course, you can tweet us using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. As I said, Agent Twim kicked us off. Is Spider-Man J different than Mangaverse Spidey? Regardless, I love the fact that Spider-Man J has a pet doggy. Um, Spider-Man J is different than Mangaverse Spidey because Spider-Man J was literally, like, a produced-in-Japan Spider-Man comic. Mangaverse was our version of manga which uh, C.B. Sobolski did. It was awesome, but this was, like, the pure, like, that's why he's, like, black and white and crazy and has the big eyes and everything. I wonder what his pet's, uh, his pet doggy girl name is. Uh, Lockheed, probably. Yeah, Lockheed, <laughs> like most dogs. My dog does look like Lockheed, though. Yeah? yeah. I've met your dog. Oh, yeah, does not yeah. look like a purple dragon. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> How? How dare you? Wait, let's look at pictures, but not right now, later. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you whipped out your phone and, like, looked so ashamed and put it away. Uh, more from Agent Twim. Spider-Verse is so friggin' good. And then notes the first time we see a non-cuddly version of Rocket and shows us a picture of, I think this is... I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is from the original or if this is from the uh, Hulk run. But, yeah, it's a really feral-looking version of Rocket, who's kind of terrifying. That's kind of what my dog looks like <laughs> when he gets mad. Not, not everyone looks like There's a walrus picture coming up. In a that few. looks I'm like looking, my dog. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing how this looks like your dog. Um, whose side are you on, by the way? Illuminati or Shield Avengers? So that's in Time Runs Out. Let's, let's go around the horn. Lorraine, whose side are you on? Oh, everyone's... N- everyone's not trustworthy. Everyone's wrong. Everyone's wrong. Alex, I'm with the Illuminati. Of course you are. <laughs> uh, I'm with the New Avengers Sunspots group. Oh. They're the only. They're the only ones who have kept their heads about them. Uh, okay. Some of the choices. I know. I'm adding, <laughs> yeah, my, I'm adding my own choice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, not on either of their sides. They're both wrong, like Lorraine said. Yeah, I would pick them too. Yeah, right. Shang-Chi's like an army by himself now. If, are we just going to choose any team? Because the Young Avengers what, the X-Men? are going to run. She's on the X-Men side. Whatever, guys. Mine made sense. <laughs> I have always had a volume problem. I, I don't know if he's talking about himself, like he talks too loud. Um, oh, no, because... Yeah, I know what he's talking oh. about. It is a little better than it used to be, but I just stopped complaining. I use Podcast Addict on Android to listen to my podcasts. Cool. I'm glad we are available on Podcast Addict. 
Rocket's friend Wall Russ has utility tusks and Marshall molars. I can't stop smiling. Lorraine, who's that look like? It looks like my dog Robot. Yeah. Robot Lockheed Sink. <laughs> Lockheed Sink. It's a pretty cool name, actually. <laughs> it it Thank flows you. nicely. Uh, is Shield the only new comic this week? No. Miracle Man Annual was out last week, too. <laughs> Shouldn't it be four of five? But then people Hawkeye. would think it was the last issue. He's talking about Hawkeye? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, we just addressed that. So Yeah, we talked we about go. that earlier. Good. We're a step ahead. What is Web Warriors? Is it just the name of a story arc in Ultimate Spider-Man, or is it an entirely different show? Uh, it's just what this season of Ultimate Spider-Man is called. Yep. Right? Yes. I'm looking to you. I, I agree. And you agreed. Inra's epic comics ever crossover with Marvel Comics characters. Comics titled Crimson Dynamo, Electric, Electra, and Silver Surfer. Um, the epic imprint didn't cross over, per se. Epic was kind of our creator-owned imprint, and sometimes... Um, even though they weren't creator-owned, we would also publish comics that didn't necessarily fit in with the Marvel continuity as epic comics. But, you know, yeah, Electra Assassin, Silver Surfer Parable, there was a Crimson Dynamo book. Uh, they're, they're not really crossed over. They're just, you know, different kind of projects. Zay also didn't realize that ElfQuest was from epic comics, and at one point it was. There you go. At one point it was. Algin Go, Jedi Musketeer, uh, catching up with This Week in Marvel podcast. Looking forward to Marvel in 2015. See you at C2E2, Ryan and Blake. Happy New Year. No Ben, no, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to C2E2, I don't think. But oh. I never go to C2E2, so they're probably saying, like, I saw it last I don't know, whatever. You're right. It's jerky. <laughs> it's super jerky. Um, it's really neat. I'm, I'm glad Thank that you. I could start that feud. Thank you for looking out for me. By looking care. out for yourself. Augustus LaRue just says, Round Robin. Obviously excited for next week's Swim URC. Uh, Cade Bendigert also talking about it. Says, all right, you guys have sold me on Nova and Secret Avengers. I have some back issues to read. Any other comics you guys think people should be reading that maybe they're not? All of them. All of them. Good answer, Lorraine. I always tell people they're to read Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, Black Widow. Electra. Electra. Mm. Any any of the ladies. Al, yeah, Alex is <laughs> catching on to your yeah. friend here. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Not She-Hulk. Never She-Hulk. Oh. No, yes, She-Hulk. Yes, She-Hulk. Yeah. Charles Soule. Charles, Charles Soule. Soul. What? What's wrong with him? My poor Charles Soule. Oh, because you forgot about him? No. Because <laughs> the death of Wolverine. It's yeah. about the death of it's Wolverine. really hit him hard, obviously. <laughs> Also from Kate, I totally want to see Kamala Khan and Sam Alexander hook up. Dear God, I'd become a 14-year-old Tumblr girl. I'm not going to lie. That's a great idea. What? That w- I would Khan totally ship them. I feel like it Although I feel like she somewhere. might be too old for I was him. Not just too old. I would just say too mature. She's. D- I think they might be the same age, but she is. She would get sick of him really quickly. Yeah. Oh, let's, you guys, let's start thinking about who to ship Kamala with. Is ship that weird? Kamala with. Yeah, no. It's no, I need to start shipping. Well, I mean... Her. Is Novar too old? He's kind of... He's too old, right? I think he's creepy. No, he's too that, creepy. He'd break her heart. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to see that. He's like a nice, a nice young man. A nice young man. Because Sam Alexander's like kind of snarky, so I don't think he's I wish right. Miles Morales was a little older. You guys, this is important. Oh, wait a minute. Miles Morales is in high school. Right? Yeah, but he... but He's old enough. But he's only like 14 or 15, right? Yeah, but he's mature for his age. Uh, I don't know. He's she could be man She could be Cougar, Cougar Khan. No, you cougar don't get Kamala. to be a cougar for just being a year older. Why That's not? like not cougar. How do cougars work? I don't know. I think there has to be After a notable. After the podcast, maybe? I mean, there's, right. they're we'll cats. They're wild, feral they're cats. wild, feral cats. All right, you guys write in and let us know who Kamala Khan should be with. I think it should just be um, her friend from her book. 
Aw, that would be cute. I don't think she needs a superhero. Well, like Justice or something. Justice? Yeah. He's in like his late 20s. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> weird. Like, God, I think of like young people. Who are so weird. Justice is like practically my age. <laughs> Which is old. So old. Oh, God. All right, Chris Vaughn, Immortal Thor 99. Face. <laughs> I think I might have just solved your audio problems while listening to the Christmas podcast with just Agent M and Alex. Oh, I'm super excited for him to say that I'm the problem. No, it's probably me. No, he said, I could hear Agent M fine, but Alex was super quiet and barely audible at all. See. I think it have, might have something to do with leaning into the microphone, being really close and clear. Huh. Huh. We addressed this at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that you're bad at this. And yet good. I've coined a new term for the inverted heroes like Superior Iron Man. Douche your heroes. <laughs> like superheroes, only douches. Thank you for explaining. Yeah, you've, you've made Lorraine's day. Um, I just... If you could just, just tweet more it. things for Ben to yeah. say that d don't sound like they're going to come out of, out oh of Ben's boy. mouth, that would be great for me. Oh, boy. All right. So continuing on here. Perfect idea for the annual what if. What if the Axis inversion stayed that way? Well, with some people, it is. What yeah. if? Yeah. Same like superior, superior Iron Man, who's kind of a doucher hero <laughs> now. <laughs> Drew Hamilton, Peter Sanderson is the best. Going to listen to all the This Week in Marvel podcasts and then back to back to back. Yeah, Peter was awesome. That was a highlight of 2014. We've got to find a way to have him back in 2015. Maybe he can co-host The Watcher with Lorraine. Every day, all day. Every day, all day. <laughs> HW View, I get the latest podcast for This Week in Marvel via iTunes. Thank you for the new episode. Last week, Tomb of the Week was New Avengers 28, a great game of tactics of Cap versus Reed versus Bobby. Bobby. Hillary Quitek, I believe that's the name. Oh, bummer, this week in Marvel Podcast, it's crapping out of me at the same spot right after Ben J. Morris talks about moving. Sad face. Sad face. Sorry, hopefully it worked for you. I hope you learned how Ben moved. I, I moved. That was months ago. Um, Imu Abdi says, I had two great books on my Storm and Over the Moon. Greg Pak and Jewel Wilson are giving me everything I want. Thanks. I think there were some words missing there, but got the gist. Mm -hmm. He likes Miss Marvel and Storm. Uh, Kyle Charles. So, Miles' dad was some sort of undercover spy. Sneaky man. <laughs> Agree. I was related to the Punisher. I would keep it a secret, too. Yeah, in the oh, Punisher, yeah. they, like, kidnapped last remaining members of his family, and they were like, oh, they were hiding in secret, which, yeah, of course. Because what a terrible person to be related yeah, to. 100%, yeah, 100% I would keep that secret. Yeah. But you guys couldn't hear Alex, because he's, like, eight feet away from the mic. I'm talking he loud agreed. today. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm really enjoying the Fantastic Four. I can see the series ending on a high note. Gonna miss this title. Uh, lots of stuff still to come in Fantastic Four, so don't don't write it off quite yet. The end of Avengers World left me extremely excited for the new Ant-Man series, which we read this week. Yay! And it was well worth the wait. It was so great. I learned from Amazing Spider-Man that inverted Nightcrawler is totally a D-bag. He's one of those doucher yeah, heroes. <laughs> I, I want to give you the chance this time because it's so much fun. Thank you so much for that. Um... <laughs> I really, really, really enjoyed Captain Marvel issue 10 slash issue 100. The creative team did an awesome job on it. The new Thor is such a badass. Really digging the new Thor series. I love the new Thor series. Mm -hmm. Thor versus Thor. I think my nose is bleeding from being so excited. Same. That's, whoa. That's not normal. Um, I got really excited when I saw that last Did week your nose bleed? Uh, because that's, like, something's wrong. Almost. You should, your face should never bleed when you read comics. Yeah, it's not. Just so you know. It's this not is how it works. 
It's not science. <laughs> what should I lead, read to learn more about the character that shows up at the end of Weapon X program? And that is Ogun, who Alex talked about this week. Uh, you would want to go back and read the original Kitty Pride and Wolverine limited series from mm. the 1980s, which was the introduction of Ogon and really his seminal appearance. Uh, there's been a little bit since then, but really that's where you can learn what he is all about. Last page of all new Captain America was a huge shocker. Baron Zemo just made things personal. He does that. That's Yeah, and that's my new voice for that. <laughs> Spider Monkey. No! <laughs> Poor Spider Monkey. Aww. Uh, did you guys catch the X-Men reference on the first episode of this year's NXT? That's for me, guys, because yeah. that's a wrestling question. Ryan's not here today. And Ryan's <laughs> not here today, so I'm not going to linger on the wrestling topic, but the answer is yes. Yes, I did. I thought it was awesome. Good well, job, Elixir had a good run. You shall be missed, buddy. I don't know if Elixir's dead or not. They didn't really show it, yeah. per se, but... I mean, It didn't look it, good. Yeah, the way it looked. It didn't look good for old Elixir, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, he had like a decade. Good for him. <laughs> Ollie says, guys, all the best for 2015. I don't have any audio problems with the podcast. Listen on Instacast on iPhone. Thank you. <laughs> if you didn't hear what Alex just said, he said thank you. Nine feet away from the mic. Penelope Cat, Twim of the Week is All New Invaders 13. A tweet, a treat, a tweet, a treat for longtime fans while still perfectly accessible. She-Hulk, Nova, and Cyclops are all great, too. Lorraine doesn't think she is. She hates She-Hulk. Hard to <laughs> fight, fight, fight. Hard to pick a twim of the week this week. Next week will be even tougher. Been loving Jake Parker on Rocket Raccoon, but will Scotty Young be coming back to draw it? Yeah, Scotty is still the regular artist of the book, but obviously writing and drawing the book is a lot of work. So from time to time, Jake, who is also totally capable, will be helping him out by filling in on art. I listen to the podcast through the iOS podcast app on my phone, through my car speakers, since you asked. Did you ask? It was Ryan. Okay, I wasn't on that episode. Um, also, for what it's worth, the podcast is at a lower volume than other podcasts I listen to. I always turn the volume up. So there you go. Easy solution. Will the Star Wars omnibus have the new coloring on the movie adaptations? I do not know. Mm. Alex, do you know? I do not know. I did not think you would. Uh, and then thanks us for calling him the Twim URC MVP on the podcast. Made me smile on otherwise stressful morning. Totally deserve it. Always comes through with like a million Twim URC comments. Oh. Really drives it. Pew Pew says. <laughs> oh my Gil. At Oh My Gil. That's at a oh great my Gil. Tweeter, it's pretty a great. Tweeter name. It's pretty great. Uh, I'm really happy to see Sorrentino and Maiolo made it to another book. Their work with Lemire on Green Arrow was one of DC's highlights with Sorrentino's layouts and Maiolo's colors. And Bendis crafted a story in the X-Men annuals that really put them over. Good on Bendis and you guys at Marvel for this get. Bendis gets all the good artists and so concludes my Dan Slott-esque tweet. <laughs> Meaning it was long. And continued. Yeah, but I'm super excited we have them here. So, sucks for you, other company. Um, <laughs> Rev Gemlin says, Merry Christmas. Big love to all of Horizon Labs, the crew at This Week in Marvel, H&M. Ben J. Morris, and the wonderful Erica Schultz. Don't know who that is. Erica Schultz wrote our that? revenge book. Uh, yes, that's what I was going to say. I totally know who <laughs> she is, and thank you, Erica, for writing our revenge book and for being Lorraine's friend. Yay, friendship. Friendship is... Thanks for not being a doucher hero. Is that right? Did you, you do a do-right? I think you overused it. Damn it. Um, I'm not sure I could pick a twim of the year. <gasps> But my favorite titles of 2014 had to be Avengers and New Avengers. Uh-oh, this is going to be something you disagree with, Lorraine. But I have to say that <laughs> She-Hulk deserves a shout-out. No, I love She-Hulk. However, she as one of the books I look forward to each month in 2014. 
You guys always get mixed reviews on volume. Granted, there are occasional apps that are quiet, but most are fine. So I feel vindicated. I feel like everyone. I feel like ninety percent of these comments have been about volume. Yeah, a lot, well, well, it's because Ryan, Ryan Asper, yeah, because the last time we we had a just regular this week in Marvel hashtag, it, everyone was complaining. Oh, cool! I'm glad I missed that one. <laughs> I listen to the show via the Apple Podcast app on my iPhone, mostly on my walks. I like those my walks, but also on trains. And unless there's heavy traffic where I'm walking or announcement on the train, I can hear you guys fine. Really great to hear about your time-release comic code tweets. I never realized that's how you did it. Genius. Smiley face. That's how Ryan does it. Mm-hmm. I don't do this. I don't know how that, I don't know what, how that works. Lorraine, do you understand this technology magic? My, my dog's middle name is Lockheed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lorraine. All right. From Robert, RCST, Marvel Unlimited time. Going to try and read the entire week's new releases, starting with New Avengers number one. That was a new release on Marvel Unlimited? Yeah. Is this a time capsule? Was this one of those time-release comic code tweets? (laughs) Uh, Okay. Moving on to Ross Meyer. This one's for me. Ben, just so you know, that's what JSYK means. The running theory is Wanda and Pietro will be revealed to be inhumans since they are not related to to Magneto. If Marvel does this only to align them into the MCU, I will be furious. Comic book movies should not dictate the comics themselves. And my answer to you, Ross Meyer, is I'm not going to say what is up with Wanda and Pietro in the book. All I will say is there is a great story behind what they are. And if there's a great story, that's all you should care about. You shouldn't care where the inspiration comes from. doesn't matter if it lines up because we're doing movies. doesn't matter if the movies do something based on the comics. If the movies are good and the comics are good and everything's good, don't spend so much time worrying about the why. Just enjoy the what. Oh, words to live by, that Ben. That is what I said. Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, thank you. More from Ross. I'm glad the sound problem was addressed in podcast 165 <laughs> and in 167. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. Shield number one. How is that the order they joined the team? Cypher and Warlock were in the 80s. Phantom X was 2002. Uh, tweet Mark Wade about that, and I'm sure he will be happy to explain <laughs> to you what happened. What's this Miracle Man all about? I haven't seen him make appearances in other series. 166 interested me. Miracle Man is a classic seminal comic from the 80s that we are currently reprinting because we got the rights to. He does not exist in the Marvel Universe. And uh, once we get caught up with the old stories, there may be other plans for him. But right now, it's just a great story for you to read. Um, But don't expect Miracle Man to be showing up in Avengers next movie. Um, Another one from Ross. How often do you guys rebag and board your comic book collection? I've been told once a year is the norm. Uh, I don't bag and board my comics. I just toss them in a box. I bag and board my comics, and I never rebag them. Yeah, once is enough, right? Once, yeah, the yeah. bags and boards I had from when I was a kid, like, I still have those. Oh, yeah. Alex, do you even own physical comics, or do you just have digital because you're so young? <laughs> no, I have a lot of uh, physical comics, but I don't bag or board them. Sit on my shelf. You just don't care. You're like, whatever, man. I got enough money. I just have a huge pile. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I won an Oscar last year. I got plenty of money. That's exactly just how walking it is. On the beach. Do you have an EGOT? No. He's Do you know working, what an EGOT is? This way. No. Emmy, Grammy, oh, Oscar, Tony. Uh, I got there. No, Isn't that it? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm that's working it. towards it. <laughs> what do you have so far? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not really working towards it. Um, it's a story of Agent Carter based on a previous Marvel story. I want to read more of her and Howard. Lorraine, where could he read more of her and Howard? Operation Sin number one, out this week. Bingo. Uh, and no, Agent Carter is not based on a Marvel story. That's its own thing. 
Raph AB. Wait, is Axis totally recalling the Maximoff twins' origins? What? Uh, well, we found out they're not related to Magneto, apparently. But you're going to have to read the next chapter in Uncanny Avengers to find out. So what's the deal with Lockjaw? Is he an inhuman with a doggish form, or is he a dog with inhuman powers? You know the answer to this one, Alex? That's right. He's not a dog with inhuman powers because to get inhuman powers, you have to be an inhuman. Yeah. Marine, do you want to talk about your dog? My 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 dog's name is Robot Lockheed. He does not actually look at all like Lockjaw. Or Lockheed, for that matter. Or no, he looks like Lockheed. Moving on, Rafa B also says starting to wonder if Scorch from season one of Agents of Shield wasn't an inhuman too. Sam Imbriale picked up S.H.I.E.L.D. after listening to your last show. Awesome. Maybe one of the best books of 2014. Love the show. Thanks. And that's pretty impressive because it came out the last week of 2014. <laughs> Scott McElroy, are you no longer producing the Marvel Masterworks soft covers with the black trade dress? Not seeing them in previews. It's been a little while since one came out, so I don't know. That's a question for our collected editions department. Um, ask Jen Grunwald, maybe, on Twitter. She might know. That's, that's my answer. Uh, Sean McKenzie, you should know that I love this podcast so much that on my commute, I will be listening to all 166 episodes. That's how strong he says episode is the oh, joke. Oh, because he's from the Midwest. He's from the Midwest. Uh, wow, you're going to be listening to all 166. How long is your commute? That's <laughs> yeah. super long. You're going to be commuting for like a year or two. Yeah, probably. I mean, we've been doing this for quite some time. I am currently on, oh, I get it. I am currently on episode 10 of This Week in Marvel. I feel like the king of the Twinomaniac. So he's listening to our old episodes and sending, because we still use the hashtag back then, sending us tweets into the future oh. where we're now getting them. So in 156 episodes, he will hear all of this <laughs> and hopefully enjoy it. <laughs> Got to say, love me some of those nasally Minnesotan tones from episode three from Strami. Keep it up, brother. Love This Week in Marvel. He says, I am only about three months in and loving my MDCU subscription. Where the heck is Executioner's Song? Is it still only in print? Uh, Ryan and I, it's like our white whale to get Executioner's Song on Marvel Unlimited. And when we do, rest assured, it will be a first ballot Twim URC. But as of now, it is not digitized, which is a great disappointment that I live every day with. The Tech Lord, Lex Pendragon. You guys have to give a shout-out to Comic Fiend's new board son, Peter Benjamin. Peter, then... Peter Benjamin, do you speak English yet? <laughs> Hi, oh, Peter Benjamin. Shout out? I'm shouting out. picture of him? It's amazing. Oh, it's a baby oh. on comics. That's so dangerous. So, yes, yeah, so dangerous, but Those, super cute kid. Super adorable. Those things leak, I hear, yep. so be careful with your comics. What? Oh, you're saying it's dangerous for the comics. I thought you were saying it's dangerous for <laughs> the kid. Oh, no, I think the baby's safe. Yeah. I, I, I was just saying, like, oh, priorities. Oh. Rain's concerned about these <laughs> comics getting ruined. I'm like, oh, should the kid be on those comics? I Same think, thing. I think either way, they're going to be safe. I think there's the, a I think there's a barrier is, between the baby every, yeah, and the I comics. Think is like, they leak. I like your description. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like children. Rain sink. Leave your kids with her. Um, no, don't. That's so dangerous. Also says with great comics must also come ador adorable responsibilities. Aww. Here's the underdressed heroine from the recent Spider Verse cameo from What If Number Seven. Yep, still underdressed. I'm li looking over Pittsburgh's old downtown buildings while listening to the Bowery Boys on This Week in Marvel. That was one of my favorite podcasts that we did. Those guys, they were super fun. Sound quality from, from when Ben Morse calls him from home is actually better. No need to listen to loud. Agent M has great echo, to which I replied, I'm never coming to work again. And yet here I am, <clears throat> being a liar. 
All right, finishing up before my voice dies. X-Men First Class, he says, Scarlet Spiders has, more than anything, reminded me why Ben Riley is my favorite spider. Well, him and Spider-Gwen. I love Ben Riley. Just uh, kind of an optimistic, unsullied version of Peter Parker. Um, definitely a role for him. It's also why they are the two I've played most as in Spider-Man Unlimited. That's awesome. Gwen, uh, Spider-Gwen looks really fun to play. In Spider-Man Unlimited? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Listening to episode 165, and Edge M does the quietest opening I've ever heard. I thought I was listening to the wrong podcast. <gasps> I can only imagine what you thought this week when <laughs> we were all talking. I think, guys, by the way, this has been a great episode. I mean, I just want to say, Aww. like, we're doing it. <laughs> right up to the end. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Noir is super good and gritty. Is there a sequel? There is. There is a Spider-Man Noir sequel. I believe it's called Eyes Without a Name or Face Without Eyes. It's something to do with eyes. Look it up. It's also called Spider-Man Noir. You should be able to find it. Uh, let's just admit it now. Star Spangled Man from the first Avengers should have been nominated and won Best Original Song 2011. Does anyone disagree? Nope. All right, cool. Let's move on. Why Marvel Unlimited is awesome. Reason number one, it has a book called Ultimate Civil War Spider-Ham. Yeah, the whole world has that. But yeah, it's on Marvel Unlimited also. I, I recently purchased a Spider-Ham statue. Really? And it made my life feel complete. I'm not going to ask how much it was. Don't, because I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> just just making it rain, getting them <laughs> statues. Uh, thanks to a very kind Horizon Labs member, I had two months of Marvel Unlimited. Oh, Aww. that's so cool. I already read Ultimatum, Ultimate, Daredevil, and Elektra, and finally finished the last three issues of Ultimate X-Men. After waiting two years, my library had every volume of Ultimate X-Men except the last three Ultimatum issues. But now Marvel Unlimited has given it to you. And we are done. We did it. Guys, thank you so much. Alex, less so because you're here every week and we pay you. But Lorraine, <laughs> thank you so much for stepping in and co-hosting today. Anytime, Ben. And where can people find you uh, when they're not listening to this podcast that you're on? You can find me at my dog, oh. Robot Lockheed Sink. <laughs> no, really, you can find me on Twitter at Lorraine Sink. You can find me on The Watcher every Wednesday on Marvel.com slash The Watcher. Also, YouTube.com slash Marvel. And uh, uh, sometimes on the Women of Marvel podcast, and also in life, just around yep. New York City on Where the do you, streets. What's your address? Uh, it's at Ben's house. <laughs> at Ben's house, yeah. I live at Ben's house. Ben's house, New Jersey. <laughs> um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember to read Spider-Man, Round Robin, The Sidekicks Revenge. We'll talk about it next week using the hashtag PumURC. But until next time, this is Marvel. Your universe. I'll let you finish it. That was big for you. But then you, but then you finished it. I guess I should stop recording now. <laughs>